0: I don't think he was even a household name in his own house before that weekend.
1: Hello and welcome to the fencing podcast. I'm Gavin uh, and I'm Sean, and this will be our last podcast before we go to the World Championships. Hey. So uh, a big shout out to our uh, Patreon supporters. You guys have made this kind of possible. Yep. God bless you. But not as much as Liam Paul. Thanks, guys. You really have made this possible.
0: Yeah, quite literally. About Liam Paul's lovely money to get us to Leipzig and buy some lovely audio gear and all the synthesis that they've done for us. We would be watching the World
1: Championships from home. On YouTube again. 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 I know. We'll be going. So uh, thanks, right. thanks, Liam Paul. Uh, and that kind of leads us to... Uh, our uh, our next our next piece, which is uh, we've won an award. Hurrah for us! Yeah, you might have seen us all over social media. Sean in the tux.
0: Mm, uh, no, just a suit. Don't get carried <laughs> yeah,
1: away. Yeah, but uh, I only exist virtually, so I wasn't allowed to go. So uh, we have won the British Fencing's Innovation Award. Yeah, so th-
0: thanks to British Fencing. Thoroughly delighted to to get our award. I mean, we do like a bit of praise and flattery, and getting an award was, was absolutely lovely. And thanks in particular to Paul Abraham's who sponsors the uh, the Innovation Award. Probably to see him there and yeah. have a chat. So, so thanks yeah. very much to him. Thanks very much, Paul. Yeah, it was a it was a really nice evening actually. Gavin. Was it? I've, I've, I've avoided mentioning it to you because it was um they had an awards dinner. It was in the sort of Saturday night of the British Cadet Junior Championships. Well Everyone well scrubbed
1: up, lovely. Plenty to drink. Yeah, everybody looking quite presentable. I saw lots of fences on social media that I thought that can't be that person because they weren't. In sort of manky white gear,
0: yeah, or, or wearing a tracksuit,
1: yeah. yeah, it was very. It's a very surreal experience to be seeing people that I normally only see when they're wearing tracksuits, yeah, but brushing their hair, looking, <laughs> looking like normal people, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't I mean, Some of
0: them didn't look nearly so more normal the next morning. To be fair, there was uh, <laughs> a few bleary eyes and, and tired looking, tired looking faces, particularly amongst the sort of younger coaches and referees, not not quite as sparkling as they had been at perhaps two o'clock in the morning the previous night Uh, too uh, much sparkling maybe maybe a little sparkling in some cases yeah Um, but it was thoroughly good fun and it was really nice as well to see lots of people there came up and said that you know they really enjoyed listening to the podcast and saying how how great it was and uh, that was really nice because um normally we sometimes feel like we're sort of broadcasting into the void
1: well that's how it is in podcast land so anyway i I really do want to thank everybody because the support has been We've gone a lot further with this than I expected in the first year, so uh, yeah, it definitely. has been very, very warm. And Thanks very much to everybody out there. So, we're going to move on now and we're going to talk about our, pl- our trip to Leipzig. This is what we're going to do. This yep. is what you guys have enabled us to do, so we're going to talk about it now. So, Sean, what is our plan?
0: Well, World Championships start on Wednesday the 19th of July, mm-hmm. exactly a week away from when we're recording. Uh-huh. We'll be flying out on the Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to miss most of the pools and preliminary D's, which happen on the Wednesday and Thursday, yep. to get to every, all the individual events down to the last 64, but we're there bright and early, mm-hmm. Friday morning, for yes. the first day's events, which I think is Men's Sabre and Women's Foil. Okay. Half-eight kickoff. we we'll mm-hmm. need to go in and get ourselves accredited as... Yeah. journalist and photographer, respectively. You'll need to get your glow-in-the-dark vest.
1: Remember, the guy that wears the bib, you have to do what he says.
0: <laughs> so that's how it works.
1: Yeah, that's how it works.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's actually quite a good gig for you because you get to go pretty much right beside the
1: piece. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. I've had to buy a brand new rucksack to carry all of my, my gear. Though. Tons of gear. tons yeah, of gear. You have you're... to have tons of You don't do photography and don't carry uh, tons of gear around with you.
0: Yeah, apparently so.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so we'll be there Friday,
0: Saturday. Mm-hmm. You have to fly home on Sunday, because you've got to go to work on Monday. Unfortunately. Uh, it's just unlucky for you, mm-hmm. but I'll be there on the, the Sunday as well. Fly home on the Monday, and the plan is that we'll be at the venue all day. All day, every day. Friday, Saturday, and in my case, Sunday as well. Mm-hmm. Once it's all over, we'll record our thoughts, mm-hmm. do a little bit of light editing so we sound lovely. As usual. And joined up and yeah, yeah, feel yeah. coherent, and then we'll post it out yeah. every evening, yeah. and uh-huh. you'll, you'll get our thoughts almost... Yeah, probably within yeah. a couple of hours of the the event finishing,
1: and, I, and I'm planning to release some photographs and things of, of things that are happening as we go through the day. Yes. Although at this point in time, you can't predict exactly what will come out of that, but I'm sure we something will come out of that. So I'm hoping that on our social media streams, you will start to see some images and hopefully uh, some something interesting will come out of that. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Otherwise,
0: you're going to be a bit of a fraud passing yourself off <laughs> as a photographer, aren't you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, you might actually want me to do some work. That's the annoying part. Oh, right. They might want me to do some work. Oh, right. i not appreciate so,
0: that. Was that was part of the deal?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, apparently, there's an accreditation thing that you have to go through during the day, and you sit down with the mm. photographers and chat to them. Oh, so until you have to behave. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little sheet that, I, that they sent through, and I have I read through and I thought, oh, I need to go and like speak to some people then. All so, oh, right.
0: I didn't get any of that as a as a journalist in inverted commas. I think I right. can just do whatever I want. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you get you get the peace side action. Yeah, but you have
1: some responsibilities. I'm sure, that, I'm sure this chat will be mostly: don't jump in the way of the fencers, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't fire a, a flash to in anybody's face, don't don't punch anyone, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you usual know? usual sort of instructions usual. that you get before you go out in a Exactly. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: well that all seems fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, so that's our plan. That's our plan. Yeah. yeah. So what do
1: we know about Leipzig? It's in Germany.
0: It's a very good start. Yeah. Uh, Anything it's else?
1: It's in the part of Germany that used to be East Germany.
0: Uh Yes, it was until German reunification in, what was that, 89, 90? Something like that. Whenever David Hasselhoff was visiting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course, I'd forgotten that he was uh, yeah. at the root of it all.
1: Yeah, well, you're he, right. He, he was the one of reunified Germany, remember? So he, he started the peaceful yeah. Revolution. And then it's, it's a well-known cultural hub. It is, yeah. Famous for its orchestras. Um
0: one or two of them, I believe, are are playing at the the opening ceremony on wow. the on the Friday right, evening.
1: Okay. Definitely, have to so be sure bit, we get bit to that culture
0: time. in a fencing hall. That's nice.
1: GS Back lived there, we just talking about that.
0: Yep, we yep. were. I'll chip in with a bit. Population is about six hundred thousand, so just a little bit bigger than Edinburgh, I think.
1: Okay. okay, very green and pretty by the looks of things. Yep,
0: lots of parks and forests within the within the city boundaries. I mean, we will not get the chance to see no. any of this any, because we'll be stuck in a fencing hall all yeah. day. But uh, a fencing event. Yeah, so knowing that that's out there probably mm-hmm. probably helps us.
1: Yeah. It's 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 kind of what become one of the the hip cities, hip young cities of, uh, of Germany. Um, now. I
0: believe its its unofficial title now is the hipster capital of Germany, having sort of replaced right. Berlin as the the place where the where the cool kids hang out. Right. Having but with visit- our immaculately manicured
1: beards, we'll, we'll, we'll be fit right at home. I'll wear yeah. I'll wear some spectacular braces. The uh <laughs> I've been I've been at Berlin and I've been at Kreuzberg. I find it hard to believe there's any anywhere else in Germany that that's more hip. Right. I find that quite hard to believe. Anyway, I'm sure we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We will definitely see. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Sean? What else do we know?
0: Well, since we're actually not going to see that much of Leipzig, the venue for the competition is the Leipzig Arena, which mm-hmm. is pretty massive. It seats up to eight thousand people for right. for sporting events. So quite optimistic of us getting a seat for the finals. Mm-hmm. It's part of a larger complex, which is also home to Leipzig's football team, Red Bull Leipzig. Mm-hmm. So I suspect that any Red Bull sponsored fencers will be looking forward to, to being well treated when they're there. All
1: oh, right. Yeah. I thought of that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a couple that be going to be getting the special box or something like that to watch. I would they want so, to watch. yeah.
0: Um, and it's about a 10-minute walk from the apartment that we're staying in, just <laughs> which is handy as well. Brilliant,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, and the, the, person, the person that we're getting the apartment from happens to be a fencer. Yeah. So that's the other thing I know about Leipzig. There, there are fencers there. Yep. So looking forward to it. It's only a week away. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: Time for some predictions. Since we have no actual Actual proper fencing to talk about in this mm-hmm. episode for the first time in yonks since ever. Yeah. It's all it's all wild speculation and guesswork mm-hmm. from us. Uh, but before we launch into our our guesswork, part two of the interview that I did with Karim Bashir, FIE commentator extraordinaire, we talked about what his predictions were for the World Championships, uh, since he watches probably even more fencing than you and I do. Yes, and um, he gets to see a lot more of it live. And he has to so, prep.
1: He was saying that very clearly.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, so here is what he had to say. So you mentioned the World Championships coming up in Leipzig, and Gav and I are going to be going to be making the trip there for a, for a few days. So I want to hear your predictions. No point having somebody um, at the other end of the, the the phone who who offers comment on World Cups and Grand Prix and World Championship uh, without getting your thoughts on who who the likely winners are and where I should put my money. <laughs>
2: uh, have you heard of Curse of the Commentator? Uh, yes, uh, I have. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, no, no mentioning any Brits here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, should we start with Men's Menzepi?
0: Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Go for it. You've you've gone for okay. the trickiest one. I would have thought though to say pick a winner out of what will be an enormous field. And all seems to me that when you're trying to pick a winner for Men's epi, you're you're probably as well off picking the top half of the, the fencers that are are ranked in the competition. Writing the names out on a bit of paper, putting all the bits of paper in a hat, and then pulling one of them out. Well, not- and,
2: then, and, then, and then taking someone from, you know, like 273 in the rankings. Yeah, that's always a that possibility as
3: well, well,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that was a pretty impressive at uh, the last uh, Grand Prix, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the Man- Manzoni, Eduardo Manzoni. That's right, yeah, the no famous
0: it. Eduardo Manzoni. I don't think he was even a household name in his own house before that weekend.
2: Was- <laughs> 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 no, no. I'd, I'd never seen the lad before. He was, he was a great great that day. Um, yeah, it is. It, it is Men's Menzepe is wide open. I mean, it this post-Olympic year is always, is always interesting across all the disciplines, but in men's epi, eight different winners at the eight ranking events. Yeah. Uh, but I think recent form suggests there are three names that stand out for me, plus a team. And when I say a team, I mean all members of that team could win individual medals. Mm. I, I would say Yannick Borel of France is fencing really well. Bogdan Lukician, I mean, he's, he's he's right up in the rankings at the moment, but you know, let's not forget. I mean, he's, he's number ten in the world, but let's not forget he had that nightmare in Doha where he didn't receive a visa in time, and so he didn't get to compete in that tournament. So he's actually actually done seven tournaments. Yeah,
0: takes season. a big hit on your on your points if, yeah. if that happens to you.
2: Yeah, so yeah, so he, he. I think he's good, and I've got to say, someone that. Like, Look, he's, he's done really well recently, but he is fencing really well at the moment. That's the Italian Marco Ficchera. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think they those are the three names that I'll pull out. Now, I deliberately said a team because we don't know who is going to compete at the, the Worlds from this team, and that's the Koreans. The four, four different Koreans have won major ranking tournaments this season yeah. Park uh, Kyung Do, uh, the Olympic champion Park Sang Young, Kuiung Jung Young, and Jin Sun Jung yeah. as well. So th- those four are what I've seen at competitions this season, whether it be live or, or, or watching it, is that where one or two might have a bit of a bad day, mm-hmm. you can almost guarantee that the other two are going to do really yeah, well. Yeah, at least one of them and will step up. Yeah, yeah. So the, I, I think that I'll, I'll just say the Koreans uh, as a group because we don't know who's going to go. Yeah, which one will be um, one form. Yeah, but and and, in, and on the team side of things, I think you know it's equally difficult because. The French look really good at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. but they've really, really tailed off recently, which is a surprise because they they really are individually a strong unit, but as a team they just haven't gelled recently. Don't always get it um, together,
0: yeah. And that's a bit of a, a bit of a change because uh, the French French EPI team, regardless for the form of their individual in in the individual events, always always used to be totally reliable as a team, whereas that doesn't yeah. seem to be so much the case now.
2: No, no, but I mean, it's a World Championships, so you know who knows. I think the teams that really have started to get their order right now, and and, and sort of they waited till right at the end of the season, are the Russians. They're they're starting to look like they've got the order of their fences right, whether they're on the left side of the draw or the right side of the draw. Mm-hmm. And and these these Koreans. I mean, the Koreans all fence well individually, but they just couldn't work together as a team for some reason. And there's nothing there's nothing going on in terms of personality clashes or anything like that. But they just they just couldn't. I don't think they really got how to fence team events. Yeah, they and hadn't really they, quite worked
0: out what their what their rules should be in the team against yeah. against different opponents and you know, when to push, when to hold back.
2: Yeah, when to con- when to contain. Yeah, yeah, that's that was the that's the been the big thing with them. You know, when they're shipping points in the middle of a match, you know, rather than going after it all in one go in the third, fourth, fifth leg. Yeah. Just get out the fight, and you know, and I hate to say it, use non-combativity if you need to. Mm-hmm. But but they they've suddenly started coming together, and they look really good. And I think that the four individual winners means that they're all on a par with each other, so there's no egos getting in the way. And the other one I'd really look out for is Italy. After their relative failure at the European Championships, they're, they're a wounded beast, and you got to watch out for the Italians when they're when they're hurt.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. That's a that's a good summary of. Uh... What we've what we've got to look forward to certainly Marco Fischera has been a, a, a revelation this this season and yeah you know, Gavin I certainly enjoyed watching him him fence and been impressed by the strength and depth of the Koreans obviously so yeah yeah want to look forward to yeah, so,
2: yeah it is I mean they great to uh, to have such a wide open field but I think between us we've got some some names that we really should expect to be seeing later on in the competition
0: yeah definitely and similar story with women's EP, almost the same amount of depth and potential winners there as there is in in the men's again eight different winners between the different world cups and grand prix
2: yeah yeah it's 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 been amazing isn't it the FA both men's and women's has been crazy this season I I think that you know the superstar look she's the world number one she's the olympic champion she's technically brilliant because she's hungarian msa sash kovac I think is on her day when she is on top form she's unstoppable and and i I think that the best thing about her about her since she won the olympic Games, she was always a fairly jolly character Mm -hmm. but she she now comes onto the piece as though it's just fun yeah she's just doing it for fun and you know often that gets rid of all the pressure and and you see her fencing really really well but the world title is one that's missing from her uh, trophy cabinet right and she is she's you know she's she's very relaxed on the piece, but she, like, I think she knows that's. I don't know. I don't know whether she ever thought about get, retiring after the Olympic games, but you know, I think one of the reasons why she hasn't is because she wants that world title. Yeah, and so she's she's very relaxed on the piece, and you know she could she's she's definitely a contender. And another one with brilliant composure. And probably the the best composure across all six disciplines is uh, Rosella Fiumingo from Italy. She's a really lovely person. She's a nice, nice girl. She's, you know, almost a bit ditzy and she puts <laughs> a mask on and there's no emotion. There's just nothing. She just puts a mask on and that's it. She's, yeah, that's, uh, she just it's all somehow... Yeah, she just flicks a switch and it just all goes off, and she never gets flustered. She does, you know, unlike most Italians, she never screams. You never hear her sort of cheering herself on for a hit or anything like that. She just, you know, she just gets on with the fencing and um, and she's in really good form at the moment. Of course, she's a big tournament fencer as well, having won two world titles. Yeah. So she's another contender. And I think the Russians will be strong. Violetta Kolobova will be good. She won the European Championships. But that, that, I think that the, the one that may be a surprise, and maybe I'm giving your. Your podcast audience, a, a bit of a and news flash is world well, number eight, the second highest ranked Russian, mm. Tatiana Loganova. Yeah. There is a doubt that she's going to be picked um, by the Russians, and why? She, I think that the Russian team are looking to favour the younger fences as they, as they as they sort of build towards twenty twenty, and I just think they don't believe that Loganova will be. Still on great form uh-huh. by the time we get to twenty twenty, so I, it'll be interesting. I hope she does go because she's she's brilliant as well on her day. Yeah.
0: So so when Gavin and I earlier on in the season said that she was getting on a bit, that was probably <laughs> the Russians have been listening and thought, yeah, you know these guys are right.
2: Well, that, you are listened to worldwide, yeah. so I, I wouldn't be too surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and there's, there's there's one other name that I'd throw in there, and that's Sarah Bezbes. She's really come. Of age this year, mm. um, she was briefly up at world number one yeah. uh, earlier earlier on in the season. She won a Grand Prix. She's she looks good. She's very relaxed at the moment. She's Fencing another one, fencing for fun. Uh, although she doesn't often look like that when you see her on the piece. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we see she's probably the women's épéeist, along with Sasha Kovacs, that we've enjoyed watching most because her her style, I think, offers the most yeah variety and excitement out of uh, the women's épéeist. I'd, I'd be very happy to see her win certainly.
2: Well, they both got that amazing, in inverted commas, surprise flesh, don't mm-hmm. they? They both have that little trick in their bag, and it somehow still catches everybody out. They seem to be ready for it, and and then and then all of a sudden it comes out, and they invariably get single lights on them. So yeah, they they are both yeah really exciting.
0: Good stuff. And for the teams, with China, China on top of the top of the rankings.
2: Yeah, the Hughes obrey effect is already yeah, kicking uh,
0: in on the women's side.
2: Yeah, really good. They, the Chinese team, looking looking good, and they, and you know what, they've got like I don't know hundreds of fences. Mm. So and they can keep the lineup at the World Cups and the Grand Prix changes from competition to competition. Of course, they've got their the superstars like Zhu Nuo, and you know. They, they, so they, the team is built around a core of two or three really really top fences, yeah. but they do look good. Uh, they won in Barcelona and Lignano, I think, uh, this season. They've just taken the Asian title as well. Mm. So they'll, they'll, they'll be strong for sure. Estonia had a good season. Not surprising. Estonia yeah, and has yeah. always been pretty good. But they lost to uh, a sort of resurgent French team uh, in the semi finals at the European Championships. Uh, and the French actually went on to win but i suspect both those teams will be in with a shout and of course russia always is is, is always going to be up there yeah. and i, th- I do you know what I, as outsiders outside bets have keep an eye on ukraine and korea as well they may contend for a medal i think
0: right it's possible i mean certainly team events if you get your, you get your tactics right control the, the middle part of the match almost well not almost any team but you know if your team's got sort of decent consistency all the way down it then then you're in with a shout, and I think it's who, whoever manages their matches best on the day that's going to going to come through. That I don't think any of the teams stand out as being head and shoulders above above the others in women's épée. So I think yeah, there's a, a lot of live contenders in that.
2: Yeah, and, and I think you know spot on. And the, and the other thing about it is that if you get a team performing well, say in the sixteen or the quarterfinals and knocking out a bigger team, mm-hmm. it then makes that quarter of the draw more unpredictable. So that the, the, the the lower ranked teams have a, a better chance of getting through and sneaking into, you know, two shots at a medal. Yeah. You know, win one quarter final match, you've got two shouts at, at getting a medal. So yes it, it I mean the ep across the board is going to be unpredictable as it always is.
0: Yep. So let's let's turn turn around to the sabre side of things then. Women's first?
2: Women's sabre, right. <laughs> it's been an interesting season because some of the big names haven't been around. Yeah. And lot post Olympic year you do see People taking a break, you know, we know that Mario Zagunis took a break, the American, and so did Olga Karlan from Ukraine. Um, we haven't seen Sofia Velikaia all year, who for me was, the, the, you want to teach someone how to fence women's sabre, mm-hmm. last year, just show all the videos of Sofia <laughs> and c- copy that and you'll be okay. But uh, people post-Olympic year go off and have babies, mm-hmm. that seems told. seems to be the case, yep. Yeah, so that's why I haven't seen some of the big names. And you would well, most recently we can add Marielle Zagunis to that yeah. list of pregnant or just given birth young ladies. So I think for the rest of the field the stats don't usually lie. And Russian Olympic champ, Yana Gorian, is uh is the world number one. But she's had a really funny season. It's been up and down. I I think maybe she's maybe her and her, the coach Christian Bauer are trying to change something technical in her fencing. So sometimes she's on, she's been on great form mm-hmm. and then other days she's been less great. and She's only had those good days twice this season. Yeah. So if she brings a big her a game, then she's certainly a contender. But if not, then we could see her go out early and then she's going to lose all those points she won at the Olympic Games yeah. and she's going to plummet down the ranking list. But... She has got that Christian Bale factor on her side, and you know he—he's uh, pretty much gold or nothing. Mm-hmm. I think this season I've been—I think most surprised by the sort of coming back to life of Kim Ji Yun of uh, Korea. She yeah. she she start start to find the form that she had when she won London 2012, the individual title there. So she'd be one to keep an eye. On. But for me, there there are two standout performers this season in women's saber. It's I, I think they just stood head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of their coming of age and their maturity, and that's Manon Brunet of France and Anna Marton of Hungary. And in some ways, they followed a sort of similar path this season. their the, the technique has never been an issue; it's always been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they've matured tactically almost at the same time, and the, you know you see them in the latter stages of competitions at almost every single at uh, every single event, and that, that decision making under pressure is really tough, and they just seem to be getting it right more often. Than than not now more than ever before. A world title for them this year may be just out of reach, but you know, you never know.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly women's saber has been fairly unpredictable this year. In the past, you could probably limit limit it to maybe three names at the top of the top of the pile who would be expected to win things. Where it's been a a far far wider spread this season in you know, sort of post Olympic world.
2: Yeah, yeah. What well, we've had Brunei winning, Agorian, Birdair, Marton. Brunei again in Yangzhou, Igori, and then that other second the second goal that she got, and then Caroline came back in Tunis, yeah. so she was you know she's always a contender. This so is almost daft that I haven't mentioned her at all, but she she just she's just really just coming back to, to fencing um, and training properly, so uh, I think she might. It might be a big stretch for her. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, sort of course, a
0: return victory at, at Tunis, but then followed up by a couple of not so strong results at, in Moscow and the Europeans. So yeah. see if she gets it all together again for the for the World Championships. But certainly worth worth keeping an eye on, I would think, because she did look fantastic in Tunis, and it was good to see her back.
2: Yeah, and she was fencing brilliantly in Tunis, and she took Anna Martin on a poll on the final. Yep. <laughs> it was a thrashing. So for the teams, yeah. Well, this is more tricky because I mean, you, you always you always expect. Russia and Ukraine to be there, yeah, and 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 if and when I say Ukraine, I mean Olga Karlan and two other Ukrainians, <laughs> indeed, yes. uh, And crikey, I've got to go to Germany. They can, they might hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the the I the Russians have not been at all. I mean, they, they're blooding a young team for sure. Yana Agorian comes in and tries to shore it all up, but she's not. She's not the one woman team that Karlan can be for the Ukrainians, yeah, because. I agree. because yeah. Those younger ones, that you know, so show some respect to the other two Ukrainians. They've always been solid fences and been able to do the containment and score some points and keep Ukraine close enough for Karlan to go and have a go at the end. But the Russians don't really have that. And I think that's because the two other fences at the moment are just not – they're not quite up there yet. Yeah. But good on Christian Bauer for bringing them in and blooding them early. So I, th- I think certainly medals – for Ukraine and Russia are possible mm-hmm. perhaps even a gold for Russia I mean they got a silver I think at the European Championships but the French team look really good at the moment Brunei, Bader uh, looking very very strong and, and the Italians and I think the big question really is where where have the Asian teams gone what's happened to Korea I mean they've got a couple of silver medals this season mm-hmm. I think they got silver in at uh, the Asians but yeah they've not they've not been performing so I'd say, actually, of all of, of all of the team disciplines, the women's sabre is, is the toughest to call. But if I was going to put my head on the line and neck on the line, I'd, I'd probably say it's a toss-up between them. Um, I, I think it, it's quite possible that it would be Italy that will, will take the world title. It just depends, it depends on how Russia do. Yeah,
0: I mean, Italy individually haven't had a particularly brilliant season in, in women's sabre, but they, they have been the most consistent team Uh, Which slightly surprises me. You know, you always expect to have a successful team to be led by a couple of strong individuals, and they don't quite have that at the moment. No, no obvious superstars in their lineup.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that, uh, it's that thing again, isn't it? That you know, that team fencing is so different to individual fencing that if you come together as a unit, then uh, and you know, I think you're right. Well, the Italians got two golds and. Was it two bronze this season in the team events? And then won the European Championship. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're peaking at the right time. And In fact, I think they won the last World Cup as well. They won in Tunis, I think. So they, they, they are, at the moment, I, I would put them as strong favourites if Russia don't turn up on fire.
0: Right. Okay, that's fair enough. So, on to the men's.
2: Men's. Well, Kim jong Won of Korea. It's been impressive form of late. I think he won the Warsaw World Cup and Seoul Grand Prix, and I think he picked up a bronze at the the Moscow Grand Prix. But uh, he bombed out fifteen seven, I think it was in the sixteen of the Asians, which is a big surprise. And even more so when you consider that he went out to someone I'd never heard of, Mohammed Rabari of Iran. And up and down for him, Mm. but he's you know we know what he's like. He's a superstar on the piece. He's great to watch, and his teammate Gubal Gill. Who won the Asians? He'll be a contender as well. But German Max Harton, he's been on great form recently. Yeah, I was quite um, I was quite rude
0: about him when he when he won his first first World Cup, but then he has followed up with a win at the Europeans. So I may have to take that back.
2: Yeah, I, well, he fenced really well against Ilaghi in that final, and I was I was I was watching that with real interest because he he made a tactical change, a brave tactical change in both the semi-finals and the final against the double Olympic champion. He started to employ like a slow, a slow first step, a small but slow first step. And he's clearly going open eyes and trying to find out what zelagi was going to do in the final. Mm. And it it was it was a masterstroke. It was a tactical bit of gold because he 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 won that relatively comfortably, yeah, com- yeah, comfortably the the European Championship. So he's he's definitely one that is on, on you know peaking at the right time. He's on good form. And the other one is uh, Luca Caratelli of Italy. He's uh, in good shape at the moment. And, and you know, I've mentioned Zilagi being double Olympic champion. He's always going to be a contender. Yeah. But the big one that we've got to look out for in the men's field is the return of Alexei Yakimenko from Russia.
0: Yeah, using his way back into things. But, yeah, moving in the right direction.
2: And and in some respects, the pressure is all off him at the World Championship, Assuming he gets picked for the Russian team, of course. But I mean, if he if he does turn up, there's no pressure on him. No one's going to really expect him to win, and he can just you know throw the kitchen sink at it. Yeah. And so he he could be really he, he could be a sort of strong outsider, if really, you
0: like. Yeah. Okay. And and in the teams.
2: Well, we'll stick with Yakimenko then if he does get picked for the Russians. I suspect I suspect he will. Sure. But, um, Let's just assume you, you never know. To, you never know
0: with a Russian team selection. No, yeah.
2: no. But I uh, was a very, very big fan of Yakumenko and I think you'll want him on the team. So uh, they they look really strong. They won the European Championships, and uh, but the most consistent team of the season again is Italy. Uh, with you know we're quite a young lineup, mm-hmm. and Montano spent most of his time as a sub in Teplesi at the European Championships, and I, I expect them to line up the same in in Leipzig in Germany. The the Koreans. Strong as well. Oh, Kim and That they're, they're a really good unit. Um, but I'll be, I, of course, I have to remain completely impartial, which is very difficult sometimes when Richard Cruz wins yeah. World 3. <laughs> but I do have a, <laughs> I do have a fondness for the Iraqi, at uh, these the, the uh, Iranian team. rather. They, they are, they've done really well this season. They won the first World Cup, which isn't like history making mm-hmm, yeah. because they, I think they, until Last season, or maybe it was this season, they would never made it to a quarterfinals. So oh, to go wow. and win That's a competition jump, yeah. is just yeah, it's massive. And their coach, Payman Factory, is a, he's an absolute gent. He he hung up his refereeing suit in the run up to Rio to coach the team, and he was a pretty good Saburo in his own right. Mm-hmm. And he somehow inspired this team to new heights. And I mentioned the the chap uh, that uh, took uh, Kim jong One out the the. Uh, Mohammad Rabari, mm-hmm. or something is that's, that's proper pronunciation. Uh, you know, and it, you know he's now a credible reserve for a team that was really based on on three fences. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of quietly rooting for the Iranians to at least get a medal.
0: Yeah, oh, that would be. Yeah, certainly we um we were delighted with their with their World Cup win. We've had yeah some other cause to be less celebratory about uh, Iranian fencing since then, but yeah, I agree. As a team, they're they're real life contenders now, and it would be be interesting to see how they go at a world championships.
2: Yeah, well, let's hope the draw is um, is favourable both in the individual and the team event, so we don't see any of those unfortunate decisions.
0: Yeah, yeah, indeed. So on to some foil. Um, you and I both us. It's probably where our uh, our greatest interest lies. Uh, no matter how much delight we may take in the other weapons. So what are your thoughts on on Women's Foil?
2: Women's Foil? Well, okay. look, before we get into that, what about about the World Championships, I have to say this season I've been delighted by the transformation uh, that the Women's Foilists have have made. It's the the much more fluid attacking, which is just a greater spectacle. And it's, you know, it's just been a pleasure to to watch them. And, you know, it, it took all of them to really make that decision and do it together mm-hmm. because if any one person stuck with the sort of old counter time type approach then it everyone would have had to sort of stay stuck in that that way of thinking And i think the coaches have a lot to answer for as well because they they have encouraged this more flowing more free-flowing fencing so it's been it's been really good this season i really enjoyed it as for favorites well let's start with uh, Lee Kiefer. she's um the Americans been been brilliant this season. Yeah. She won th- she won three ranking tournaments this season. She missed Shang at the Shanghai Grand Prix yeah, she was fair. graduating on the same weekend. So that was a bit unfortunate for her. And she's been but won the other every- two. Yes, exactly. And you got I kinda think what, what unfortunate clash of uh, calendars there because uh, I think you know she would have been would have been interesting to see if she could take all three mm-hmm. yeah. Grand Prixs. But um, she didn't go. She, she and so the other thing about her is that if you look at the, the draws that she's had this season, she's beaten everybody.
3: Mm-hmm, yes. She's
2: it's not like there's one fencer that she's struggled against. So she's and, and, and the other thing about her, and I really like is that she she can adapt her tactics in fight, but also she she's got a brilliant defense and she beat Erigo this season uh in one fight, and I think in a semi or a quarter final or a Grand Prix with just a completely defensive approach. Yep. She did not attack once and then she went up against Derek over in the next fight and all of a sudden she it was all yes, out attack. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, that's phenomenal to be able to do that and execute so perfectly having completely changed her style. So she, she's definitely a contender. But I think it's probably two others that you just have to give just a slight edge to just because maybe mainly because of experience so the first one is the russian in a the the russian season was interesting because basically i'll come on to why in a second but uh, the, the, the the key for dereglotsova tussle For the top spot was really an interesting one to watch. And everyone, I think, including me, expected Derek Litzova to leap to the top of the world rankings. But she didn't. And it was Kiefer that that sort of took advantage of a sort of a chink in someone's armour. And she jumped to the top of the world rankings. And I think that really had a big effect on Derek Litzova's approach to her fencing. And it knocked her confidence badly. But more recently, she seemed to put it back together, and she she does look back at her best. And of course, she's climbed back to number one in the world now. So she's uh, so she really is on form. But that tussle that I referred to uh, for the top spot was, was only because Eriko Ariana Erigo from Italy was doing this um, slightly crazy project <laughs> of trying to qualify for both foil and saber yeah. uh, for for Tokyo. And well, you have to say she did pretty well on the, the saber circuit this season. Yeah, no, certainly, uh, certainly
0: encouraging results there. Isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I think and and, I, and she went out in uh, Cancun in the thirty two, I think it was, and but she went out to one of the, the top Americans, and it it was close, it was really close. So I think she will continue next season. She will, uh, she's you know, she's going to give it another go, I think, and see see whether she can climb climb the rankings. Mm-hmm. But she didn't, she didn't make the Italian team for the Europeans, quite rightly. No,
0: yeah, at this stage, but yeah,
2: yeah. So since. The end of the sort of regular season, if you like, her focus has been back completely on foil, and she showed that in Tbilisi in the in the individual tournament. She was just on fire; she was brilliant all day, and she's. I think she's just edges it in terms of if you had to pick one favourite. I think Ariana Erigo is the one to beat, mm. and then uh, the French pair of uh, Tibus and Ghiart. Yes, yeah, sorry Tibus and Astro Ghiart mm. from France they may well appear late on in the tournament. This season, they've kind of egged each other on a bit. You know, one's got a result yeah. and the other one's got a result. And so they've been pushing each other on, which is great for French fencing. That's really great for women's foil in France. So they keep an eye on them as well.
0: Right, as possible. Okay, and and in the teams, well, it's not a tricky one to choose a favourite there, is it?
2: Yeah, Italy. Yeah. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now it's, it's, they've won all five World Cups. They won the Euros. They are just brilliant at the moment. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a broken record, really, isn't it? But it's Russia, France, and the USA is going. Uh, you know, who who's going to come second, really? Yeah. And I think that's going to be between those three teams. But unless there's a complete meltdown in the Italian team, the gold is is already in the trophy cabinet. Yeah,
0: I would say so as well. Yeah, it'd be a a major shock if Italy didn't win. So onto on to the men's, our, our final our final weapon. I've I've loved the men's foil this year. It's been brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So pick a winner. I mean, pick a winner out of all the contenders there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting, isn't it? I mean you've got the three sort of young superstars you, you know in the world they're the sort of the you don't want to call it a new brand of foil but that they are the exponents the, the top exponents of foil and that's yeah. the Italian Olympic champion Daniele Garozzo. The American Alex Masialis, who's been simmering away for about 24 months now. And, you know, he's he is a superstar. And then tim Safin from Russia. Those three are really, you know, those are the three names that you would just pull off the top of your head and just say those, those are the three that are going to be contending for the gold medal. This this season has been interesting with Garozzo and Masialis because they spent most of their year focused on their studies mm-hmm. rather than fencing. And Saffin's closed the ranking points right the way down to them, and he does look really good at the moment. But again, there are no repeat winners in foil this yeah, season,
0: that's right. so yeah,
2: everyone's had um, Yeah, so and in have had a couple of events have been won by those more experienced fencers. You know, Richard winning in in Shanghai, and Peter Yopik won the Bonn World Cup as well, yeah. uh, and was fencing brilliantly that day. And experience is a big factor at the World, so that I think they'll they'll both go to Leipzig full of confidence. And and another one that's that's sort of excited me and we talked about him earlier on but uh, Alessio Ficconi he's breath of fresh air he really is really is someone that I think could be contesting later on
0: mm-hmm. yeah I agree he's um a new face in the Italian team didn't fancy the Olympics and has uh yeah has really burst onto the scene this has been a sort of breakthrough breakthrough season and uh yeah just like a, a live contender almost uh every competition so yeah he's he's certainly one yeah. to keep an eye on I think you're right and in the teams, teams is a tricky one. I think here because uh, France are top of the world rankings, but they do seem to be almost entirely reliant on Lepesu digging them out of trouble if they're going to win.
2: Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been interesting, isn't it, this season with the French team? Like, you know, they're, they're all they're all good, but and then the reluctance of uh, you know the French and the Germans as well to make substitutes seems from the outside it looks a bit crazy, but. You know, like I say, the French top rankings, and I think you you don't really need to look far outside the top four, really no. France, Italy, Russia, and the USA. Yeah. They're 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 going to be the ones.
0: I think if anybody, uh, I mean, if I, anybody outside that four win a medal, or even any anything other than that top four being the semi-final lineup, would be a big surprise.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think you can you can pick them as the semi-finalists. So I, I think that that. But that's you know curse of the commentator again. I mean, the the French won the last two World Cups and the Euros. They they they're in form right now. The Italians have such strength and depth in foil, both men and women. They could pick their B team and still win. Russians have come good recently after a shaky start, and the USA as a unit. We talked about you know teams bonding as a unit. They are. Really, really good. And I think actually one of the interesting things about the men the men's team foil events this season is the sort of tussle between Italy and the USA. They've had a couple of belters this yeah, season. Some, some really um, good ones um, and, uh, for
0: for a variety of reasons, aside from just the yeah, actual fencing yes. act.
2: Yes, yeah. I mean it's really, really good. I mean it was uh, the USA humped Italy in Tokyo, I think it was forty five, thirty-four or something like that. And then Italy kind of went and you drew them again in Paris, and sort of said, "Right, we can't muck around with these guys." Yeah. <laughs> and They edged, edged it forty-five, forty-four, and then in 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 Bonn, uh, the Italians won by a big margin, twenty points. But I think that was the event where um, the American team put in their youngster. I think it was Nick. Nick, it came Nick in, that came in. in. Yeah. yeah. And, so um, the,
0: yes, there was a couple of the Americans missing for that one. Garrett Meinhardt didn't fence, and Alex Masiala stayed at home to study. So it was yeah. Brian Kenishiki and Nick Hittgen that were were drafted into the team.
2: Yeah. So not, not necessarily not representative of yeah. that one. No, so but I you know, they like you say, there've been there's been excitement for other reasons. <laughs> uh, disputed hits mainly, and yeah. an uh, excitable Greg Masialis, Alex's dad, who's their coach, is a, he he's very interesting to to watch. And chipressa of course, is is, you know, he's a legend and he's he can get exciting. Well. Remember animated, one, well, yeah. one one at uh, one event, actually might have been the world championships last season. We were so close to the finals pieced that the team boxes were we could have reached out from the commentary box and touched them. Greg was in the box for one of the matches and he started swearing like you just wouldn't believe and I had to put put my commentary stuff down on the table sneak around and go, Greg. <laughs> We can hear the whole, you on the, the whole live world stream. can hear you. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, he then he then used another expletive to express his surprise, <laughs> and, uh, and then went, "Oh yeah, I better stop using that." So uh, you yeah, know, but they're, yeah, they're, I really would like to see Italy versus USA. That would be a good a good match to commentate on. I think in the in the men's team, but. Um, but yeah, it's it's France, it's France really who are in form at the moment. And I know you asked me not to mention Great Britain, but look, they're in with a good shout and of a medal. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're in. With the, I don't think it's realistic to expect them to get a gold. But with the right draw, they they are in with a shout. And I see that Richard's been named on both the individual and the team sheet yeah. for the World Championships, which he wasn't for the Europeans. Uh, having elected to concentrate on the individual event all season. And, you know, the, we all know, well, hopefully everybody knows the reason for that. And that's that there was to be no team, men's team foil at Tokyo. So Richard was thinking, right, I'll just concentrate on my individual status. Yeah. And, and it gives a chance to young younger lads to come into the British team and get some experience on, on the world circuit. So, you know, it had kind of benefits both ways. But it looks like he's been put back in the team I don't think there's any doubt that the team could cope with him slotting straight back in. Marcus Mepstead and James Andrew Davis, they've been you know, fenced with him for, for a long time. And it's it's a long way to go to Tokyo. But given the recent news about the teams being those two extra medals coming in yeah. for Tokyo and men's team foil being back on the schedule, it makes a good result in Leipzig even more important. I know we're a long way out, but getting at, getting up in the rankings... Yeah,
0: you don't want to get too far behind to make sure it makes getting results... Nearer the time, more difficult, and and then making qualifying harder still. So yeah, you you don't want to let your your team ranking drift too far out. Exactly. Yeah. So,
2: and I th- I think you know they they got a good chance. I mean, obviously, a lot of credit goes to you to you know for them qualifying for the uh for the olympic games in rio because you 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 spent your own money in, in and <laughs> out and supported them cheerleading and so, squad. <laughs> yeah well, and and you know you'll get uh, it bodes well that you're coming you're coming to life yes i'm a
0: kind of lucky charm british fencing should find some money to uh <laughs> to pay my way out there i've suggested this in the past but it didn't go down that well, <laughs> well they
2: stopped answering your phone call yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I think, yeah, genuinely, though, I think the Brits have got a chance. I mean, it's, it's all about the draw, getting into that eight and then seeing who you get, I think, is, is going to be crucial for them and whether Richard actually fences. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that, well, that gives me plenty of food for thought on uh, where I'm going to place my, my one-pound bet in the various events. <laughs> Karen, thanks very much indeed for, for taking the time to, to talk to me today. I've, I've really enjoyed it, as always, talking about fencing makes me happy
2: yeah me yeah me too sean and, and 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 thank you so much for uh for having me as one of your guests i have listened avidly to your podcast as i say and uh you've had some pretty super guests on so i'm i'm pleased to be uh to be on that list of people and uh you know i hope you and gav keep up the good work it really is a joy listening to you guys waxing lyrical about the sport we all love oh
0: stop it right anyway enough of that i'll uh i'll see you in leipzig <laughs> thanks very much Graham.
1: no problem take care so what do you think about Kareem's predictions? Then,
0: yeah, they all seem pretty reasonable. I mean, clearly he's pretty well informed about these things, and yeah. uh, you would expect him not to be, not to be wildly off. I didn't no. push him for any any sort of oddball choices. Who your you know, who Use your, your long, long shots were? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we might have a have a go at that as well, rather than yeah, uh, just coming up with sort of entirely familiar names mm-hmm. and see if we can come up with some that are yeah, good good outside bets.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, so. What are our predictions, Sean? Where should we start? Well, what do you want to start with? Should
0: we start with Women's Sabre? Women's Sabre, okay. Let's so have a look at that. Let's, let's hear your expert opinion on who's going to win the World Championships at Women's Sabre.
1: I'm going to go. Well, for let's,
0: it. let's do a quick run through the top five in the world rankings. Okay. Number one, Yana Gorian from Russia. Mm-hmm. Second, Anna Martin of Hungary. Yep. Third, Kim Jion of Korea. Mm-hmm. Fourth, Manon Bruni of France. And fifth, the lovely Cecilia Berdy. Yeah.
1: I think I'm going to put my money down for Agorian on that one.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. She's won two the Grand Prix this season. Mm-hmm. She is Olympic champion. She is world number one. Yep. It's kind of where your you safe money is. And when she's fenced well, mm-hmm. she has looked the best. It hasn't always happened. Yep. Uh, Women's Sabre has been quite unpredictable this, That's right, this yeah. season. Quite a lot of different winners. But yeah, she she would start as a justifiable favourite.
1: Yes, and... Well, I think our our, sort of our outside bets here are going to be people like Cecilia Burda, obviously. And obviously the one we haven't mentioned is Olga Carlin.
0: Yeah, uh, miss, most of the season uh, returned to action uh, for a World Cup that she won. But since then, she fenced in the, the last Grand Prix of the season and the European Championships and didn't win either of those. I think made a, a last eight of one and a mm-hmm. last 16, I think it was, at the Europeans. But again, fencing like she did when she, she made a return... Definite possibility. So, Cecilia Birdie and Olga Carlan would be my, you want my, my two that I would want to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I mean, that's that's nothing particularly against Yana Agorian. It's mm-hmm. just, I like Cecilia's attitude.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I like the way Olga Carlan fences. Yep. And I would probably prefer to see either of them win mm-hmm. rather than I mean, rather more predictable Yana
1: Agorian. Yeah, I, don't, I can't think of anybody outside of the, the ones that we've covered that I would really, you know, I, I would put in that box. I think it's all quite reasonable. Yeah. Who would go for our outside bet? Our shot, outside like you're our bet, man for our, this. Our long shot, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, heaven help us. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've become our, our saber expert. I'm going to go for one that would have been ridiculously left field a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's now a, a more realistic possibility. Okay. Is, uh, Teodora Kakiani of Georgia, who, right, okay. was 202 in the world going into the European Championships and then won. Right. And obviously the European Championships are immensely strong. So to win that, You've okay. You've got to come up with something pretty amazing. So if she's done it once. Mm-hmm. It might be a stretch to win the world championships, but not impossible. Okay, not impossible. Okay. So it's a, it's a slightly left field choice.
1: But I, I don't, I don't, have, I don't have anyone else to offer. I think that's it's an interesting choice. I think it's a. I'd like to hear what everybody else out there thinks about that one.
0: Yeah. Well, what i was thinking actually, we might, might do a, a Facebook poll for each of the weapons. All right. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. See what see what people's thoughts are on okay. on who they think is going to win the world championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So those are my bets. So will we Spets try? And will will we try and cast the runes for Men's saber then?
0: Men's saber again, surprisingly unpredictable. I,
1: I think. Yeah, I think. I think we're going to be seeing this a lot in this section. Yeah, it's a bit it is. I mean, it's
0: been, it's been a real, a real mixed up season. Nobody yeah. really has absolutely dominated any of the weapons. Mm-hmm. there has been very few of them where any individual has won more than one, or really a maximum of two. I think in any of the weapons. Yes. So. Plenty of options out there. Yes. Um, anyway, turning to main sabre. Again, we'll give the top five in the world rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Chalaghi, double Olympic champion, uh, at number one. Kim Jong-Wang of Korea at two. Mm-hmm. Daryl Homer of USA in third. Gu Gil, again, Korea in fourth. And Luca Curatoli of Italy in, in fifth. So, so who
1: who's our money on here?
0: Well, it's a tricky one. Chalaghi's world number one. Yep. But I don't think he's actually won anything at senior level since the Olympics
1: no he's not
0: been very close and obviously very consistent to get that that number one ranking
1: yeah he's got a silver and two bronzes
0: okay so there you go Mm -hmm. but I I would think that combination of being double double Olympic champion and top of the rankings is going to make him favourite yeah yeah, I think so so. that That seems perfectly perfectly reasonable to see
1: and I think maybe he's just not he's not had the right moment this season but it is possible it's always gonna be possible with Aaron, he's such a good fencer. Yeah, so, and I he, mean he
0: obviously does have a an eye for the big moment as well. You yeah. don't win successive Olympics yeah. if you choke on the big occasions. No,
1: exactly, exactly. So so he's definitely gonna be a, a a good a good bet for, for the gold. And besides the sense of things you want this you want Aaron to win this.
0: He he's a, a favourite that I would be mm. more than happy to see winning. Okay. Yeah. Any, anyone else? I really like the look of uh, Luca Curatoli.
1: All right, okay. Italian sabre, yeah,
0: uh, a really nice combination of the sort of power and speed of the Koreans Mm -hmm. with with more varied technique as well. It was a really nice nice balance of the kind of two extremes of, um, let's say, the the powerful Korean fencers and the more technically varied shilagi. So, I I would be I would be quite happy to see him. Take a win as well.
1: And he won an event. He, he, he's won one of the events this year. He well. did.
0: He won the, the last of the Grand Prix in Moscow.
1: Yeah. So he's he kind of, that suggests he might have peaked at the right moment. He's also had, uh, so i said two bronze this year as well. Yeah. So really
0: good, good season. Mm-hmm, right. And the other one that I've, I've developed a sort of an affection for, having been rude about him, is, uh, is Max Hartung as well. <laughs> and again, he's in fine form. He won the last World Cup of the season. He yep. won the European Championships. Um, and he's on home soil. Which, which may be a so an advantage,
1: a, right? Okay, he he would be an outside bet though, surely to win.
0: Um, he's not that far down the rankings now. I mean, you know, there was a couple of results at the end of the season. I think he's up to seventh in the rankings. So right. Okay. That wouldn't be a complete surprise by mm-hmm. by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said in in the last episode, he was probably impressive in winning the Europeans.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, so who are we going to go? Who is our outside bet for Men Well, the
0: outside bets. I'm not sure that's actually, he really quite counts as an outside bet, but okay. I'm going to put, I put in Alexei Yakimenko, <laughs> world champion in 2015, mm-hmm. um, has missed most of the season. A couple of results that he's he's had have been okay. I think he's made one last eight, 16 or a 32 in the other one, but a proper quality fencer, just getting back into things. And yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if he produced a big result at the world yeah, championships. I
1: think he Yeah, he definitely got a last eight at some point.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. A slight, a slight cheat
1: as an outside bet, but that. Yeah. So, yeah, uh,
0: it seems a bit odd to say your reigning world champion is a, is an outside bet, but he's at, at 28 in the rankings, having missed most of the season. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to call that as an outside bet. <laughs> You're right. Okay. <laughs> Maybe a bit of a cheat.
1: Right. So, uh, our next, the next event we have on our list here is Women's Epi. Mm hmm. So, we'll, we'll stick with the format and we'll, we'll sort of talk our way down through the, the top five. And obviously, at number one at the moment, we've got, uh, Mezi Shaz Kovac. Of Hungary. yeah. Uh, and number two we've got uh Yi Wen, son of China.
0: Yeah, and that kinda of surprised me when I saw the rankings that she was quite so high. Mm-hmm. I'm not absolutely sure of the results. I know she's podiumed at least once, maybe twice a season. Didn't win the Asians. Don't think she's won any of the World Cups or Grand Prix.
1: No, this year she has she's won one and has two other last dates. Okay. So, so it's, in other it's words, a decent season, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that that puts her as high as second in the rankings. I suppose it does show the kind of unpredictable nature of, of Epi, that if, if you win yeah. one and get a couple of top eights, that's yeah. that's going to put you well up there.
1: Um, this is I mean, I might be wrong here, but I think she's consistent in the last 16 outside of that as well. Okay. So that's what's keeping her. I mean, that sort of consistency of her, of her uh, results are what keeping her. Yeah, so no, no peaks
0: and troughs. but no, no, no. Uh, it's consistent. Always, then, always point gathering.
1: Maybe, exactly, maybe just outside of the top flight, but... She's always there, or, there yeah. or thereabouts, basically.
0: I suppose if you keep putting yourself there, you're you're going to win occasionally.
1: Well, yeah, there is that. But it's that, it's that sort of oddity you get in point systems. Exactly what, you know, sometimes sometimes people, um, there was a men's epist a while back, this was a Polish guy, I can't remember what his name was, was mm. top four for something like, I don't know, five, six years, I'd never heard of the guy. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and I remember I watched the Masters, the Valois Masters in Paris, I was like, who's uh-huh. that a Polish guy? And they looked up his results, and I was like, God, this guy comes, you know, this guy's in the top eight every single tournament he just never wins anything, right. and never has so <laughs> I can't at this point I'm struggling to pull his name out of my memory but okay. I remember left handed really interesting weird style there we go anyway so it's uh, son of China's second the mm-hmm. number three that we were interesting I think considering the two that we just went past and it's uh, Rosella Fiamingo yeah get another one I would have thought she might be first or second but no no, no, she's third
3: yeah
0: as far as I as far as I can recall she's had a a mixed kind of a season uh, yeah that's Luke's, right yeah great in part she won one of the Grand Prix, of the World Cup she certainly had a win this season I'm pretty sure yeah, always looks fantastic
1: she's won one but I don't think she's had uh, anything in the last eight since that
0: oh right okay
1: so she's won one and I think that was one where I was like oh wow yeah a goes back on form, look at that she's amazing and then yeah, I haven't and really seen her ever yeah,
0: since slow slow into the season yeah
1: at number four we've got uh, Violeta Kolobova okay who won, won the Europeans mm-hmm, that's right of Russia and then five we've got uh, Vivian Kong of Hong Kong yeah
0: Bright young fencer, mm-hmm. finished second to Sasha Kovac at Bogota. That's, right, at yeah. That that's season, right, yeah. And finished second at the Asian Championships, yeah. I think, as well. Yeah, yeah so she's uh, uh, a quality an fencer. Up-and-coming, up-and-coming star. Mm-hmm. Really nice style as well.
1: That's right, yeah. So, again, I, I, this is one of those things about Epi where it's, you know, we we just talked about the top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I always feel that we're missing something. Because I feel like just about anybody's going to win this.
0: Well, it is Epi, yeah. <laughs> you so... Know. I think
1: women's epi is slightly more predictable than the men's. I think. Yes, it is a
0: little. I mean, there's there's less in the way of totally shock results of somebody making yeah making a podium that you've genuinely never heard of yeah. at all.
1: But you, but at the same token, it, you could find people who are you know they're at the top 16 or something like that. they could just have a good yeah. day and, and make it into the right the right area. Yeah. I so right. so we we just talked about the top five, but there, there are people other people out there. But uh, I'm going to stick with uh, Mezzi actually as our to win option here. I mean, she'll have a great season anyway. Great ish season, I should say. Uh, and she always looks happy to be there, which I love. And she's yeah. a good fencer.
0: Okay, so not only a, a worthy favourite, but one that you would be happy to see win.
1: Yeah. Although I think she's only had, I mean, I'm th- thinking this through, I think she's only won one all, all season. Well,
0: she didn't do a full season, and she's only effectively oh, done right, about, yeah. about half a season. So that's I right. think perhaps only a couple of Grand Prix, a couple of World Cups, plus okay. the Europeans. Having only mm-hmm. done half a season plus plus yeah. a big bundle of points that she gets in mm-hmm. the Olympics mm-hmm. is quite impressive.
1: Yeah, uh, and and outside of our top five here is uh, is the fencer that I would like to see to win, mm-hmm. uh, and that's uh, Sarah Besbes of Tunisia.
0: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with you. Um I'd love to see I, I like her style. Yeah, uh, I'd I love to actually, see a, a, an African winner at the World Championships. I think that'd be fantastic. So yep, yeah.
1: she's a great fencer, and I really really do admire the way she fences. And she's currently ranked seventh.
0: Yeah, she was world number one for. Part of the season, um, first half, I think. Yeah, and didn't have a didn't have a great finish to the season, but hopefully she'll she'll recapture her form. Yeah, uh, that so would she, be a win I would like to see. She won Although one. I'd be equally equally happy to see Sash Kovac winning.
1: I think I think so. I think I think that that'd be a good final. I think yeah. it'd be quite good nature and good and good fencing. Yeah, and then someone's going to look happy at the end of it. Yeah, I, I just got to talk about Sarah. She she won one and came second in another. So okay, I think she's a good shout. Uh, you know, even though she, you might say well, uh, Shashkovitch is going to win it. I think she's another good shout for that one. Yeah. Uh, so let's go for an outside bet. Well, again, I've I've gone for
0: someone just outside the top sixteen. Mm-hmm. So not, not a totally wild prediction for a, an outside bet. But but um, I'm going to go for Alexandra Ndolo of Germany. All right. Okay. Um, Home advantage. Yeah. Again, very very decent fencer. She's had some decent results this That's season. Right, yeah. Certainly at least one podium. And again, I think the, the possibility of uh, having a home crowd behind you for championships in, in your own country, I think mm-hmm. that could make, a, could make a big difference.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that's a good, a good shout for an outside bet. We've not talked about Shinna Lam, for example. No. I, I'm not sure I want her to win because I'm not sure about her style. But uh, Yeah, it
0: wouldn't be the most thrilling whenever no, I would say. No,
1: no. But I, wanna, I think one of the ones I, I might be think, think would be quite an interesting outside bet would be uh, In Choi, Korea. Okay, her, yeah. Her teammate she won one. And she's had another two last dates. Yeah, uh, I can't remember exactly what rank she's at the moment in the in the world. I
0: think she'll still be in the top ten, certainly.
1: Right. Okay. But I think that uh, she could be another sort of borderline one out there. And I want to obviously have a shout at it for my favourite Korean fencing. So okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you can't quite bring yourself to to go for for Shin Alam because her her style's not very exciting. It,
1: it does, no, it doesn't excite me at all. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Sorry, Shin. Sorry about that. But no, I'm I'm going to go for a teammate, Choi. Okay. Younger uh some, something a bit different there.
0: Okay, fair enough. So
1: next. On to Men's Zeppi, should we should we toss a coin just now?
0: Or you <laughs> know, pick the first hundred names on the the ranking list for the for the entries and
1: Well Harry Potter was on the, the other day. The, mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna put my sorting hat on. All right. And uh, we're gonna let the sorting hat speak.
0: Well okay, let's let's go for our, our top five first of all before we get yeah, uh, go for the, the, the random selection that that one, comes out of my box. Win.
1: So who do we have at the moment? Well, at number one is one of our hero, one of my heroes. Uh, it's Yannick Burrell. France. Yeah. Consistent, consistent all year. He's always been there or thereabout.
0: Yeah, he's had hardly any genuinely bad results. No. The, I think he's podiumed something like four times in the, in the yeah. World Cups and Grand Prix. Exactly. And won the Europeans as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's not very many people who are as consistent as that. In Men's Epe, year. no, nothing no. like, no. Yeah. So, so he's, in, he's clearly number one at the moment. Number two is, uh, one of our young heroes. It's uh, a Park, Korea. Yep. Well, his, not his season hasn't been quite as good as it started out.
0: Yeah, it started off really well. You know, off the back of his his win in Rio, uh, he won one of the World Cups or Grand Prix, yeah, World Cup, I think it was at, early on in the season. Yeah, that's right. And you thought, you know, this kid's ready to to dominate, but his his later season form hasn't no hasn't been so great.
1: One of the last eight, and the thing is, the thing of the thing about all the we're gonna we're gonna come back to this, I think, but the thing about the, all the Koreans is. Is the way they fence, yeah, and I think what happened was it was such a shock seeing Park win. But I think all the other teams went away and we had a good old think about what they were going to do okay. and found ways to, to neutralise him. I think, yeah, I think I think he has been over effective that yet. against the other yeah. Koreans as well yeah.
0: because it, I mean, at one stage, I think about sort of five competitions into the season, four of them had been won by Koreans, four different Koreans. Yeah, exactly. And the results in the last three or so, they didn't win the Win the Asian Championships yep. either, so yeah, maybe there's been some some proper video analysis of well, I what, think the, so. what the the Korean epheists hmm. are well, made that, up of. But
1: well, that brings me to my net, to number three, the other park, uh, Kyondu Park.
0: Yeah, as we <laughs> we don't even actually bother referring to him as Kyungdu anymore; it's just the other park. The other park.
1: Yeah, yeah. and again, another brilliant fencer. He's had another. He's had a bit of a better season in some ways than 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 our, than the other park. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, no. V Park, V Park. Yeah, yeah. V Park.
0: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, Samuel Park's got a huge pound, uh, a huge mountain of points from the Olympics.
1: Exactly. Uh huh. So his season hasn't quite matched that. Yeah. Uh But Do has managed. Uh, he's he's won one. He's got a couple of bronze medals. Yeah. And then another last day on top of that. So he's uh his form is more consistent. Right. So that he might be quite an interesting uh, fence to keep an eye at the World Championships this year. Okay. And uh, at number four got our first Italian in the epi, Marco Ficciera. Hmm. That's an interesting one. The number, so we get to four before we get to an Italian, which is quite interesting.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, I probably only a year or so ago, maybe, a, yeah, not much more than that. Ficera was a, a relative newcomer in yeah. the Italian team. I mean, he's been spotted as a, a kind of star in the making for a while, mm-hmm. but he's a relatively recent arrival in the Italian team, and now here he is at number four in the world, had a very good end to the season. Won, won the last World Cup medal, the last yeah. Grand Prix medal at the European Championship. So clearly in great form mm-hmm. and possibly at the absolutely the right
1: time. Mm-hmm. He's, the, he's the best performing of all the Italians. In fact, he's had uh, one gold medal uh, and two silvers. Yeah. So, you know, he's a quality impressive. fencer. I, I mean, and we've only really, we've talked about the top four there mm. and, you know, you're looking at four fencers who are very, very close together. So all of them are jockeying, I think, to win it at the moment. But yeah, uh, But then we come to number five, uh, Nikolai Novozhilov well, of Estonia.
0: He's he's not a young a young fencer. No, 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 no. He's like a beast. He's still there, <laughs> hanging around, beating he's, everybody. He's not going to be just shuffling off quietly. No, no,
1: no. So, I mean, I would definitely not write off novozhilov at all. And as a, he's a quality fencer that I, I've enjoyed watching for a very long time.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Yeah.
1: So this year he has had he's had a bit of a mixed season actually because he's had one bronze and then two last eights. Right. So his his points are. I mean, he's been consistent elsewhere, but yeah, you
0: know. I think Menzepe, you know, two two bronzes and an eight out of eight competitions counts as properly consistent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, that's yeah, you know, it, not, not being not being sort of snidey or or sneaky about the about Men's Epi, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of scope for surprise results. Good fences to have yeah. bad days and to go out early, so to to get in the top eight for nearly half the competitions is actually pretty impressive.
1: So now, now I'm going to put on my sorting hat. Mm-hmm. Certain hat is on. Who's going to win it? The money's on Burrell at the moment. Yeah, Yannick Burrell.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh, the, the fact that he he finally got a win after several near misses at the European Championships, mm-hmm. I think bodes well running up to, to the World Championships. And also, I, I think it's fair enough to. Uh, I mean, it seems a sort of predictable thing to say. He's world number one. Yeah. So.
1: And also, his prediction. Yeah, he's also been consistent throughout the year. I mean, he's never. He isn't. He hasn't won all. Of, he hasn't. You know. He hasn't like won them all or anything like that, but he has been consistent throughout the year. Yeah. Again, the European, like I
0: say, you, you put yourself in that position often enough, you're going to win some of them. Exactly.
1: And he he, he won the Europeans as well, Yeah, which is properly hard event. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Are, are the good money's on Burrell? So, let's sort of think. Who do we want to win? Mm-hmm. You go first. Who do you want to win?
0: Okay, well, we've, we've talked about him a bit in the last few episodes, mm-hmm. because he's been performing so well at the end of the season, and it's Marco Fischera. I find his style, his uh, ability to fence at a just what seems a ridiculously short distance, yeah, and not lose his nerve. Uh, really invigorating. I really, I really, really enjoyed <laughs> watching him. It's difficult um, to watch though. Plus, plus the the incident where he acknowledged that he'd hit the floor when the referee was about to about to award him a, a hit. Marks him out as a genuinely decent sporting guy. So, if I had to pick one person, I would like to win. Um,
1: then that's who I would like. I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you that much. I think Pichéra is, is a great bet, but I am. Kinda of tempted to still go for either Korean or a Japanese fencer. Okay, and I'm gonna sort of switch from the obvious. I'm gonna try and switch from the obvious guys. In terms of the, I'd like to see one of the Japanese fencers win, just because they came out of nowhere and were mm-hmm. immense. So I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking, I'd like to see Uyama. But I think out of the the Koreans, I'm gonna go for the other park. Is the one I want to win. Okay, the other park. He'd be more consistent than he's uh, than the real park. <laughs> but uh, I just like the way he fight again. I could pick any one of the Koreans. I could pick Jin Sung Jung as well, and uh, again, I would be happy with that. But yeah. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for the the other park, Jeonju Park, Jeonju Park, is yeah, sure, the, the one you my... would like to see win. Okay, okay yeah, fair exactly. enough. Okay,
0: picking outside bet and Epi.
1: I don't know. Do you want to roll some dice? You got you got well. sided yeah. dice. No, one hundred dice. There's not enough
0: sides on a dice. You need something with a, a lot more numbers to choose yeah. from.
1: And looking at our notes here. Uh, I think I kind of I, I do agree with you. Okay, right, and that is a uh, junior. Writer, uh, Vinette, Junior of Cuba. Yep. I think that would be immense, actually. Like having a Cuban winner, can you imagine that'd be. Yeah, that would, that would be brilliant. Yeah. Such a boost
0: for, for Cuban fencing if that would happen. Exactly. I, would abso- I would absolutely love that yeah. as well. Th- um, that's actually maybe slightly unfair then that I've gone for, for Fichera as the one that I would want to win. Yeah. Because Junior would fit the bill for one that I would want to win and as an outside bet. Cause he's, yeah. He's down at 30 in the rankings now after a, a slightly disappointing Pan American.
1: Mm-hmm. But I think, no, I, I agree that with you. Was a good I think one. When I was looking through the, when I was looking through, uh, through our notes here, I kind of, I looked at it and I thought, you know what, that's fair enough. As an outside bet, I think, yeah, I'd go for that too. Why not? Quality fencer. We've not really heard much from him that's true, but yeah, I, yeah, why not?
0: Now, as, as you want to win as well, here's a, here's another option for you. Mm-hmm. You got quite a lot of, uh, mentions in the podcast in the early part of the season, <laughs> and you've all gone a bit, a bit quiet about him. Uh, what about Max Heinzer? you well, be happy
1: with the Heinzer win? Well, it's Max. So yeah. But I think we've got other options now. Gab, you're so fickle. <laughs> I am fickle. <laughs> That's terrible. I've, 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 I'm in love with Japanese and Korean fencing. What can I say? Uh, I've been lured away by the scent of the Orient, you know. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going Korean then. Yeah, I'm going Korean for this one. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So onwards. Women's foil. Women's foil. Let's start with our number one here. It's uh, Inna Deroglzova of Russia. Mm-hmm. Olympic champion. Yes. Uh, number two, Lee Kiefer. Yep. Uh, number three, uh, Ariana Arrigo. Now, Rigo's not doing, this. she can't do the Sabre as well. No, she's no, not. She's foil, foil only. Yeah. Um,
0: since the end of the sort of regular season, it's been, it's been foil back, only. Back but to Euro- the European okay. Championships and the World Champ.
1: At number four, we've got, uh, Yazora Thibault of France. Yep. And at number five, we've got Nicole Ross of the USA. Yeah. So, Sean, who do you want to win? Who do I want to win? Sorry. Who is, who is, who do we think is going to win? Let's start with that. Sorry, we'll stick with our format.
0: Okay, this one's, this one's really difficult because the top three are. I agree. Virtually inseparable. I agree. Derek Glazova, Kiefer, and Ariga yeah. have all had time at number one in the rankings during yeah. the course of the season. They've all won things. They've all beaten each other. Mm-hmm. Probably the most unreliable of this of them this season has been Ariana Ariga, but I think that's partly down to her sort of divided loyalties with trying to make an impression at Sabre as well. So now that that's yeah. Kind of behind her for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. um, and our focus is purely back on foil. I, I'm going to stick my neck out and say that she's going to win it. Right. Okay. Because she won the Euro- one Europeans mm-hmm. beat goes over there. Yep. And I think, I think when all our focus is on foil, for me, she's still, still the best. Right. Okay. But by a tiny margin ahead of the other two.
1: Right. Okay. We're going to talk about who we want to win in a minute. Mm. And for me, I think one of the want to wins is the one I think might win it. And that's Lee Kiefer.
0: Yeah, I'd have no grumbles with that. I yeah. mean, she she missed the last, I think the last Grand Prix, the last the World last Cup, one, yeah. of the season. Okay, so so that her her rankings taken a bit of a, a hit as a yep. result of that. Mm-hmm. So she's dropped down to number two, mm-hmm. having been uh, number one in the rankings for certainly the most of the latter half yeah. of the season.
1: Uh, but she is; she's won three of the events this year.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good record, actually. Yeah, and and yet. Derek Zova, Olymp- yeah, it's difficult. It's, it? it's, it's any, really hard. So, so, it's hard. So any one of those three really would be—you could pick any one of those favorites yeah. As, yeah. as favorite. It's interesting, and it's nobody could really make a strong, strong case yeah. against it.
1: It's interesting though, because in, in men's épée, we're talking about it, it could be any one of three hundred fencers. You know, it could be anyone. Yeah. Right?
0: or I think something like two hundred odd fencers yeah. in, in the men's EP the world yeah. Championship.
1: but the thing is, there's still big gaps there, right? Yeah. Uh, but when we're talking about women's foil, you're going the top three. We think one of the top three is going to win it. Yeah, and it's really hard to sort of choose just because of the sheer quality of the fencing. I mean, mm. the top three are just amazing. So. Yeah, they are. Yeah. But it's kind of like it's hard to predict, but for completely different reasons. You know? Yeah. So like, who do we want to win?
0: Well, I must admit, Derek Silva leaves me a bit cold for reasons I can't really explain. She doesn't seem an unpleasant person. She's got a nice style, but I, I just feel much more kind of affection really for for Kiefer and Rigo. So I'd be happy for either of those two to win. If you're going to go outside the top three, I'd I also be quite as happy to see Zora Tebu, who's just just that fraction, yeah, below the top three. Yeah, I agree. But on a day I
1: mean, she won a World Cup this season, looked great doing yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's true. But yeah, Kiefer Eagle would be yeah, be my two personal favourites to win.
1: Yeah, I think I think the want to win thing is an interesting question because I would really like Lee Kiefer to win because I, I genuinely I love the way that she fences. Yeah. Uh, it's just, there's, something, there's something about that that I just genuinely love. Remember, I said that the first, first event she won. And I said, Oh, do you know what? I think women's falls turned a corner here. Yeah, it's she a Totally different, uh, way of fencing. But I think, yeah, I, I think for me, I'm gonna, gonna put my money on the table and say, I think I won it. I think it might well be Kiefer. I do want it to be Kiefer at the same time. Okay. So there we go. All right. Um, so, uh, you, you, you're picking an outside bet on this one. So who have you picked? Okay. Well, going for an outside bet.
0: Again, it feels so- like, slight cheat with this one because I've gone for a offensive who's in the top 16. Okay. Um, so I've not, you know, I've not gone down to 50 in the rankings, but the way Women's Foil works, if you go down to 50 in the ranking, if you go down to 50 in the rankings in the main's ep, mm-hmm. it's not totally unreasonable to say that, that person might win. Yeah, it's true. If you go down to 50 in Women's Foil, they've got no chance of winning.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was saying. It's, 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 it's weird because you, you've got this sort of group at the top, but anyone of them could win it mm-hmm. in Women's Foil. And and maybe maybe, it's like-
0: maybe a, a handful... There would be a genuine surprise. Right. Just, just below that. So my outside bet is, uh, Svetlana, uh, Tripopina of Russia. All right. Yeah. Okay. Who, who has won a World Cup this season, mm. looked absolutely fantastic in the course of doing that. And her results have been okay. She didn't fence at the Olympics. So she's 14th in the rankings, but doesn't have a big bundle of points from, mm-hmm. from Rio. Okay. So it, it's not a wild outside bet, but for women's foil, it's, it's <laughs> I think that counts as relatively extreme.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll- I don't have... an. I, 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 I had a look at the Sabets and I couldn't make my mind up who I would go for. I it's thought, tricky, I isn't it? I, yeah, it's very tricky. And I couldn't... Because it is it.
0: very hard to visualise somebody other than the big three winning. Yeah.
1: Uh, what about uh, Martina
0: Bettini? Yeah, it's a possibility, actually. So I think she's sitting just outside the top five. So I've mentioned I think she's... Yep. Um, eight or nine, actually. Actually, okay. And you've got Elisa Volpe sitting at seven. I mean, there's oh, Volpe's... Yeah, there we go. There's lots of... I mean, the Italian team is very strong. Mm-hmm. And while Urigo is undoubtedly the star, Bettini, uh, Volpe, and Mancini are all very good fencers as well. So you might not, you might be surprised if they won, but certainly a medal's not out of the question. Yeah.
1: Okay. And our final event. Uh, so, for, my,
0: my personal favourite, yep. and the one that I've at heart probably got the, the deepest interest in, mm-hmm. is also the one where we've got the best chance of seeing a British medal. Yeah. So, top five. Daniele Garozzo of Italy. Mm-hmm. A tremendous fencer. Very popular. Yeah, absolutely. Olympic champion, won the Europeans. Mm-hmm. it be fascinating to see if he can complete the hat-trick. I mean, there can't be many fencers in recent times that have held all three titles simultaneously.
1: Would that propel him into one of the greats? You'd be going, this guy's one of the greats now. Hmm.
0: I think the qualifiers agree you need to do it over a longer period of time. Right. It would certainly be a phenomenal achievement. Right. Does that mean you agree... I'm not sure. You
1: have to do it for longer than one year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, because twelve months ago, he he hadn't won anything at senior level. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gone close a few times. Yeah. But that would that would be an immense twelve months. Mm-hmm. You know, to to win the Olympics, win the Europeans, get to world number one, mm-hmm. and then to top that off with winning the world championships. That would be a yeah. phenomenal year. Okay. Yeah. Anybody would be happy with that. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so yeah. number two, Alex Masial, of so the USA. Mm-hmm. A good fencer, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Uh, silver medalist at the last World Championships, silver medalist at the, at the Olympics, Been world number one prior to Garozzo taking over with his win at the Europeans yep. for a long time. Mm-hmm. At least at least 18 months, maybe even a couple of years. Number three, Timur Safin of Russia. Okay. Um, so that game. was, you know, your 1-2-3 were your 1-2-3 at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and they have largely, although again, men's fall has been unpredictable with Eight different winners in the World Cups and Grand Prix, mm-hmm. those, those are probably the big three in in men's foil at the moment.
1: Yes, I agree with that. And then who's our who's our number four? Giorgio Avola of Italy. Interesting. I I love the way Avola fences. Yep, just again, it's a great fencer. But you, think can, you know, I just don't know if he's got it still. I said it before,
0: and sorry, I'm going to, have to say it again. He doesn't win often enough.
1: Right. You'd have said that about Garozzo uh,
0: last year, though. Gross is different, though. Last year, I mean, you've got to remember he's still very young. He's only 24. Okay. And it was only really last year, you know, year before 2015, mm-hmm. he actually broke into the Italian senior team. Right, okay. So his opportunities to actually win things have been relatively few. And now he seems to have got the hang of it. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a taste for it, so wouldn't, wouldn't bet against him doing it again at the World Championships. Right.
1: Maybe not for Avola, though.
0: I'm not so sure. Okay. Fair enough. Twenty seven, twenty eight now. Has won a European Championships mm-hmm. back in two thousand and eleven. That's right, yeah. And I don't think he's won anything at senior level since. And at number five, it's our man, it's Richard Cruz of Great Britain. Yeah, brilliant win to win the State the last Grand Prix of the season. Followed that with a a quarter final at the at the European Championships. So keeping up some good form there. Actually yeah. edged out by by Avila at that in the, in the last eight.
1: Well, that's right, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but
0: sustained sustained good form from from him.
1: Like you said, I mean, has he? He's, he's had flashes where he's been this good in the past, but this year he seems to be consistently good from what I've seen.
0: I think the last time he had as good a season would be back in 2009. Yeah. He had a very good season. He won, I think he won a World Cup in Copenhagen at that time. I think he was second in Paris. Mm-hmm. The thing that's interesting for Richard, he's not really had a big result at the World Championships for a long time. Back in 2005 was the I last remember. time he made the top eight. Yeah. So I would, I would love to see him get something out of this World Championship yeah, when so. he's in, when he's in such great form.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which is what I'm, where I'm getting for this. He's had his, uh, he's had his win. He's had his couple last. Yeah, I think I'd like to see. Obviously, it's a good moment for him to do this as well. So, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, be one in the eye for, uh, for UK sport as well. Saying no, thanks very much for taking away all my money. Here's, here's a World Championship medal for you.
1: <laughs> this will be wins in and just really goes for it. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, well,
0: so our our prediction to win. Tough one. Yep. I think if you're you're putting your your sensible, ruthless head on, you would say that any one of the top three, I agree, would be your your favourite. Yeah, you could you could make a case for for all of them. I have said that sort of Garozzo hit fine form at the end of the season. He is being the Olympic champion. He mm-hmm. is world number one. So perhaps that kind of that's the totally safe bet. yeah Massaalis has had a he's he's missed quite a few. Few competitions. He didn't do the first one or two of the season. He missed one towards the end because he had exams. I think. Yeah. As as his dad and coach Greg was saying when I spoke to him in Paris, it's a year when he has to focus on his studies a bit more and doing a bit less fencing. Yeah. But still, sitting at at number two in the world. Yeah. And again, a quality fencer. And and his win in Paris was immense as well.
1: Yeah. It's again. This is this is a very very tricky one to call. Yep. I agree with you. Any of the top three are probably going to win this. Outside of that, obviously we want uh, Rich Cruz. We are going to see that. We're going to both of us are going to see that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. there's not really any sort of sort of discussion about that one. Yeah, I think I don't think I can beat that. I think it's going to be one of the top three as well. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to be your outside
0: bet? Well, I put in a couple here, and again, one's one probably doesn't really quite. <laughs> it's hard to suggest somebody as outside bet when they've already won a world championships four times. Uh, but <laughs> Peter,
1: I, I laughed when I read this. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know.
0: But Peter Jopik of, of Germany, uh, again, on home soil. He, he won a World Cup. He won in Bonn, again, a, true, a, true, a win true, in his own country this true. season. And that would be immense. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're going to pick somebody outside the top three, not one of the Brits, that yep. you would like to see win. I mean, things yeah. things were immensely noisy when I was in Bonn uh, last last season. Every time Jopik went onto the onto the piece, you would get what sounded like a thousand school kids just going absolutely... Mental, Bulkers. yeah. Right. Imagine him winning a world championships in Leipzig. Yeah, the the place would erupt.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be a, it'd be a great party. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might not bother recording a yeah a, a final a Don't, final world championships exactly. episode. I'd just be off celebrating with the rest of Germany for that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think
1: I think that's a very good show. Actually, I genuinely think it's. I did laugh when I read it, but it was it's a yeah. very good well, show. As I
0: say, I four times world champion is an outside bet, mm-hmm. it, it's maybe not you know my most wildly speculative sure. nomination for a. For a, an outsider to to win, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, is one is one I would like again. That's that's actually would fall into two categories. Is one that's mm-hmm. a slight outside bet, but also one that I would actually really quite enjoy seeing. Yeah, and I've actually gone for a second one as an outside bet in this one. And again, it's a it kind of reflects his current ranking, naming him as an outside bet. But mm-hmm. James Davis, okay, had injuries and surgeries, missed a big part of the season. Obviously, he's had. Uh, the same issues as the as the other Brits with the cut in funding, Yep. but he showed encouraging form at the European Championships, where he made the That's last right. eight, mm-hmm. narrowly edged out by by Garozzo, who seemed immensely relieved to more or less fall over the line with a slightly dodgy looking final hit. Yeah, and James looked back to being very close to his to his best form, I agree. and and I hope that that continues mm-hmm. up to World Championships because he certainly he certainly got the ability to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it would be nice as well to see James uh, as being, cause he's always kind of the, the one behind Cru- Rich Cruz. I always feel that. But the, for a while, he was considered to be the next big thing, and it hasn't quite paid off for him yet. Mm, that's maybe a little harsh. Uh, I, don't, I, don't mean it, I don't mean that in a harsh way. I just uh-huh. I think that's, I think if you'd be hard headed about it, I think that's true.
0: I think this season, I mean, he must have found the, the Olympics very frustrating. Wow. Yeah, when I interviewed him for our, our very first episode, in some ways, he, he didn't really want to talk about the Olympics. It was still too, too fresh and too mm-hmm. painful. But he probably should have beaten Timur Saffin there in the right. last 16. Mm-hmm. And Saffin went on to take, to take bronze. Yeah, we, we did talk about that. <laughs> and on his best form, he, he can beat anybody. He's a brilliant
1: fencer. Yeah, without a doubt.
0: Uh, and again, without, without going back to the whole, oh, I've been to Bourne, mm-hmm. uh, but when he won World Cup in Bourne last year, he looked immense. Yeah. So yeah, shoulder surgery since then, seems to be recovering well, and as I say, looks looks an encouraging form mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the run-up to the World Championships. Okay. So I would... I would hope, but not necessarily absolutely expect that if he, he produces some, some good form at the World Championships, that's not a totally unreasonable no, I think so. I agree, claim to yeah, say yeah. That, that he could be he could love to, the see World James. Uh,
1: to be fair, to be honest, I'd love to see James win. There yeah. you go. So, I mean, I would take Richard or James. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> how, how good of you? Exactly. Uh, I, I like to be generous like that. Uh, you know? yeah. I'm going to chuck in an extra outside bit as well. Though. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to go for Faconi.
0: Yeah, again, not, not unreasonable,
1: right inside the top 10. It's not, yeah. again, a total outsider. It's yeah. not, It's not totally outside, outside, outside. I mean, I could have said urban, because <laughs> I've become such a, a fan of urban, but, yeah, yeah I, I, think, think, I think,
0: I think, I think Lepesh is less likely to do it an in individual.
1: Yes. He's going to carry the French team, we think. Well, that's, that's how it seems to work. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think outside, if I, I, I just like Foucault the way Foucault defences for a start. Okay. I think I would like, Think I'd like to take a punt and say ah oh, why not when I have Foucault have a good a good run at it as well yeah. I'd take it I'd, I'd be happy to see it I don't think it's I don't think it is likely I think it's a real outside one that one though but it's, no matter what his ranking is I think it's only an outside chance that Foucault will take it
0: okay that seems fair
1: okay so I think that more or less wraps
0: up our predictions for yes. the individuals on top of our sort of manic output of episodes on successive days of the individuals mm-hmm. uh once we've got back from leipzig and recovered and had a chance to catch up in the team events we'll do another episode probably oh, I don't know a week or so later once we yeah, have to, so. to see what's happened in the mm-hmm. team events um, so we'll not do predictions for that <laughs> yeah because no. we'll be here forever yeah <laughs> yeah so if you're going to be in Leipzig we will be there yeah come I- and say hello
1: yeah I'll yeah. be wearing a ridiculous jumper
0: you will. You'll be, you'll be very easy to spot. That's <laughs> yeah. true. You should have no problem finding Gav whatsoever. I may yeah. be a little harder to track down but yeah, yeah. do feel free to come over and um, particularly if you're a fencer, please do introduce yourself because remember we've had a much better chance of recognising you if you were wearing a mask and standing on guard than if you were just wandering about. So even if you're quite famous. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> please come and say <laughs> hello. Yeah, yeah.
0: because I'm, I'm dreading that moment where somebody comes over and goes, hi. And I am and I look up and I go, oh, "Uh, oh, who are you? Go and put your mask on. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I know and who you are. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, and I'm also really bad with names personally. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah so the potential for us embarrassing ourselves would be quite, quite high. Yeah. But anyway, do come over and speak to us. I think we're quite friendly. Yeah, most of the time, anyway. Mm-hmm. I hardly ever bite.
1: <laughs> so, we were talking there about the our predictions and our thoughts for the, the various events, the individual events at the, the World Championships this yeah. year. And uh, as we're going through it, I don't have one of those heads of people who remembers everything all the time. There's lots of people who speak and they've got encyclopedic knowledge of you know boxing results back to 1950. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just don't have a head for that at all. So as we were speaking, I was actually referring to some spreadsheets I put together.
0: You have had your nerd hat on. Ship, I have. have. you.
1: So I've been pouring over the data available from uh, the FIE and having a look at bits and bobs or what I can dig out of the numbers to see if it would make the predictions a little bit easier. And I find it a bit easier to understand what might happen next. So there are some interesting things that you learn by looking at, and I only really analyze the top eight in all the events for this year, but there are some things that are predictable. Uh, it's true that people in men's epi tend to be of a, a slight vintage. Old, you mean? Old, yeah. Vintage. Yep. Uh, they matured well. But you, you see all sorts of other things, a definite sort of spike in terms of ages. And if you look at the point spread, hmm. you see there's like, you know, people who are not quite very young, so not, It's not straight of juniors. Yeah, But slightly older than that. Tend to win lots of points. Then right. there's a little dip, and then they win lots of points again. Okay, I noticed, I noticed that. So once it tough it out into their yeah. thirties, yeah exactly. They they tend if you stick it out long enough, your points come back. Basically, right. that's the way it looks. Although I haven't done this over a long term, and I haven't done a long term trend analysis or anything like that yet. Okay, well, uh, I can see a, a further nerd project. Yeah, you know, it's playing and, in the back of your mind there. Well, I, I mean, I literally have only looked at the stats for one year. Yeah. So it's, this is just pure conjecture based on that, and it's not like I built a built database out of this. It's just one flat table that I've just spent a wee bit of while sort of cutting and slicing. Okay. But I shared them with you. So what did you think?
0: I had I had a brief look through, and because you had lots of nice pivot tables in there, I could find various different ways of looking things. But I think the sort of the sort of headline bits that I found interesting were how dominant different nations were. Yeah. And some slightly surprising ones there, I thought, in terms of the number of fencers who've picked up World Cup points from a, a top eight finish mm-hmm. in a World Cup or Grand Prix this season, because you didn't include the zonal results and No, because they're all, they, they, they are throw in
1: strange results, so I don't Yeah, I mean, we've we kind of
0: touched on that when talking about the the African zonals, for example, yeah. which... Even Pan-Americans, pan- it's
1: just you're going to get some strange results.
0: Yeah, so taking those out and only including the events where everybody's there. Yep. Italy had way more points picked up from fencers making top eight results yeah. than anybody else. Yeah. Uh, France were second, but Italy had what, about 50% more points?
1: Yeah, basically. So, I mean, this year, yeah, I mean, the total points for last eight finishes this year, Italy are at uh, nearly 2,000 points in right. total for all of them. And then France are next at about just over 1,300.
0: Yeah. So, a big, big difference. I mean, this shows the strength and depth across all the weapons. Yeah. But then the third,
1: the third country was Korea.
0: That was the actual genuine surprise, yeah. Uh, because I, I really expected Russia to be yeah. to be third.
1: Me too. It, they're quite close, though, because... Uh, yeah, not much in it, but... Yeah, the, 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 the Koreans are about 1,200 and the Russians are about 1,000. Okay. So That's I, still a it's, decent gap. There's still a gap. Yeah. But it's... Uh, I was a bit surprised at how far behind the USA was. And I think this is because their women's saber team hasn't fired at all all season.
0: Yeah, partly. Plus they have... Generally, a, a much smaller pool of fencers who are capable of making the last eight. So if you take Italy, for example, in men's foil, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I, I didn't actually, I, I did have a look at the time, but how many mm-hmm. Italian fencers in men's foil have made a top eight finish this year? And I'm prepared to guess that it's probably going to be about eight or nine fencers. Yeah, exactly. Whereas with Americans, you know that you've only got four. Yeah. And men's foil is one of their stronger ones as well. Yeah. Go to some of the other weapons.
1: Yeah, there's no men's epi, really. Not not yeah. the same league as their they've got good fences, but it's not the same league as the men's foil. Or... Yeah,
0: exactly. So their yeah. their strength across the weapons and the number of fences that they have mm-hmm. competing regularly at that level yeah. are are much smaller. So that's why yeah. they appear a bit down further down the list. Yeah, yeah I mean the real the real surprise one was that Korea were ahead of Russia. Yeah, that did you know? Because if you'd asked mm-hmm. me beforehand without without seeing the data, I would have gone Italy, Russia or France in second, the other one in third. Yeah, and then probably Korea a bit further behind. So that, that was a genuine surprise for me. Who's
1: The, the other one that surprised me, actually, is a little bit further down, though, and it's Hungary, our fifth, which surprised me because you don't think of Hungary. We've, we've said all season that Hungary are having a bit of a mini revival this year. Mm-hmm. So they had some results which were better than you might possibly have expected at yep. the start of the year. So Women's Sabre, for example. They're, they're obviously, they don't quite have the bread that they used to have, uh, but in their core weapons, of saber, for in particular, yeah. they're really, still really strong, and they're still able to pull out the hat with uh, with Men's Epi. Uh and that means that they're kind of they're, they're still they're still there or thereabouts. So not they're not as faded as I thought they had. I thought they would be slightly further down. Yeah, we're that. looking
0: further down the list to find the Hungarians. Yeah. I suppose if you look at Sash Kovacs, Shalagi, mm-hmm. Anna Marton, winning stuff, going very close. That's a lot of points yeah. just gathered by by three
1: fencers. And then you have got Germany way down. They're only just hitting into the top eight countries.
0: Yeah, I'm actually slightly surprised that they're even as high as that. But Germany are struggling at yeah. the moment. They don't have they don't have anything like the depth that they once had. No, no, not at all. Uh, Germany at one point would have been top three,
1: yeah. probably. Uh, I mean, no, we're talking here about this, though it's all cut and dried. But I mean, I've only really looked at the, the top eight results. Yeah, uh, you know, to get us up a better spread over the year, you'd have to look a little bit further down. I think, but. I think You could I, do, but I mean, how, how much work do you want to make for oh, yourself? Well, exactly. Yeah. I, we, we have said that. I mean, But it does give you a very interesting kind of just overview of how the year has gone for all these different countries and all these different fences, I think.
0: Yeah, and there's some interesting stuff in there if you're as much of a nerd as yeah. you or I are. I think we're going to share the... We'll share the spreadsheet. The, the nerd
1: spreadsheet on on well, our website. We'll, yeah, we'll probably put it on our own website because I'm not sure if Facebook or whatever will share the the actual file but, as it is. But we'll certainly put it on our own one. So you can get a hold of it and you can add your own data to it. And then tell us if you spot anything, uh, exciting, anything exciting that we've, we've maybe missed. I mean, I've done some very basic analysis on it, but it'd be interesting to see if anybody else digs, yeah, you know, digs something that I hadn't predicted out of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's enough nerdiness, I think, there, Gav. Okay. You can, uh, adjust your anodrach and push your, push your glasses up your nose and in, in best sort of nerd fashion. Yep.
1: Okay. And then, uh, and, and I uh, just to sort of remind everybody that we are available online. <laughs> As we, we talk less about nerd, nerd stuff and then talk about some more nerd stuff. Uh, so don't forget, you can email us at uh, thefencingpodcast at gmail.com. We're also available on Twitter at uh, Fencing Podcast. Yep. Uh, we've got our Facebook page, obviously, for the Fencing
0: Podcast. Yep. And we're on Instagram as the podcast as well. And hopefully there'll be lots of lovely stuff going on there from Gav uh, yes. in
1: Leipzig. In Leipzig, that's going to be great. So uh, just a reminder, we are going to be in Leipzig. Uh, come and speak to we us. We have mentioned it, yeah. Okay. Do come and speak to us. We would love to speak to anybody out there who, who wants to come get up with us and uh, thanks and uh auf Wiedersehen Auf Wiedersehen Auf